Welcome to the Caleb Schaefer Podcast. We're so glad to have you join us today. Pastor Caleb is a graduate of the World Harvest Bible College, as well as Ohio Christian University. And his desire is to share the love of God with a lost and dying world. Prepare to be challenged and encouraged today through the study of God's Word. Now let's listen in to today's episode with our host, Caleb Schaefer. Hello, everyone. I want to take this opportunity to tell you about Shambach School of Ministry. Shambach School of Ministry is run by Donna Shambach, daughter of world-renowned evangelist R.W. Shambach. You don't have to be a pastor or minister to take courses from Shambach School of Ministry. All you need is a hunger for the Lord. Any Christian would benefit from taking these classes. Also, anyone on church staff or who volunteers at your local church should sign up because I promise you every single course will give you practical knowledge about how to better serve the Lord in your position. In each course, you'll learn from Sister Shambach's years of ministry experience, how to practically apply what you're learning, and how to have integrity while you're ministering. One of the best parts is that each course is affordable and you work at your own pace. So you pick a course and you pay the fee, then you go through it as it fits your schedule. You don't even have to take courses back to back, you can take them as you're available. And you'll watch videos and respond for each one, and for many of the courses, you'll also receive a companion book with classes like Evangelism and the Holy Spirit, Understanding Evangelism, Spiritual Leadership, Knowing the Holy Spirit, and the Blood Covenant. You are sure to be blessed by the courses. And at the end of each one, you'll receive a certificate of completion. I can't say enough good things about Shambach School of Ministry. I'm taking classes personally, and I encourage everyone listening to sign up as well. Don't miss this opportunity to grow in the Lord and also learn how to reach others with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Go get signed up today. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking about being alive in Christ. What a time to be alive in Christ. And it's the most important thing that you could do right now. I want to turn to the book of Ephesians chapter 2 and start at verse 4. It says, But God being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And he raised us up and seated us together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I love the book of Ephesians. I love the principles that it teaches. I love the information in there about how to live our lives, the information about who you are in Christ. And this particular passage of scripture tells us that he has raised us up and seated us in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Did you know that you were dead in sin before you ever came to know Jesus, before you ever came to the knowledge of Jesus Christ being your savior, you were dead in sin. And while we were dead in sin, God made preparation for us. He made a propitiation for us through Jesus Christ. When Jesus died on the cross, he paid for our uh, salvation while we were still sinners, while we were yet in sin. And many of us, uh, you know, there have been millions and billions of people all through history who were not even alive at the time of Christ. Uh, and he foresaw that we would need salvation. So he allowed Christ to pay for our sin on the cross and 
that is how we are saved today, even while we were dead in sin. So that portion of scripture tells us, listen, while you, while you were dead in sin, we were dead in sin until the minute we got saved. God already had a way for us to be saved. Now, this is an amazing passage of scripture. And you think about all the people who were dead in sin, all the people out there who are dead in their sin, who are dead in their way of life. You know, we have a lot of people in this country and all over the world who are dead in sin and they don't know it. What does it mean to be dead in sin? It means that you have no fellowship with God. It means that you have no way of getting to God. It means that you are blindly following your sin, blindly following uh, your lifestyle, how you've been living away from God. You're blindly in that. You don't even know that it's, some people know that it's wrong, but you don't even uh, know how to get out of it. You don't even want to get out of it. They just willingly continue to participate in sin because they're dead in it. Sin has a grip on their lives. Sin has a hold on them. And um, our country is run by people who are dead in sin. Our education systems are run by people who are dead in sin. Unless you work for a Christian company, many of your bosses and your co-workers are run by people who are dead in sin, the companies that you work for. Um, there are so many people who are dead in sin and who have no idea the life that they can have in Jesus Christ. They're wrapped up in their lifestyle. They're wrapped up in what it is that they're doing, how they've learned to live from their parents, from their grandparents, or from whoever raised them. Um, and I see this so often is that the people who are dead in sin will often have a, um, a pattern of behavior handed down to them from their parents, from their grandparents, from people who have raised them. And they just continue the pattern of behavior that they have seen modeled for them. They continue, uh, if their grandparents and their parents were gamblers and they just gambled all the money, um, many people will continue on in that same pattern. And I've talked about these things before. If somebody was an alcoholic, uh, back through the family line and handed that down through generations. Now, some people go the opposite direction, and I've said that before. Some people say, I don't want anything to do with that. But many people will just model the behavior that they have seen uh, for them, that they have seen uh, in their life for whoever raised them. So people will continue on in that behavior. I heard a quote one day, and it says, uh, whatever you do in moderation, your children will do in excess. So whatever you do, uh, whatever you have a little bit of, your children will do a lot of. So if your children see you having uh, a little bit of uh, alcohol, or if your children see you watching a little bit of dirty movies, whatever it is, your children are going to go the next step further because you're modeling a behavior for them that they are going to think is okay. They're going to accept that as normal and they're going to go the next step further. So there are people who are dead in sin. They're dead in sin. They're walking around. They have no clue that they need a savior. They have no clue that they need to be set free. They have no idea that there is a Jesus Christ who died on the cross, 
to save them from their sin, to save them from an eternal hell. They have no clue that there's any of these benefits available to them that God has given to them. And so they just walk around blindly, blindly following sin. And Paul absolutely knew this when he wrote to the Ephesians. He absolutely knew because at one point he was dead in sin. At one point he had lived a life of sin. He actually was persecuting Christians, throwing them in jail, having them tortured, having them killed. And Paul knew what it was to be spiritually dead, to be separated from God and to be enslaved to sin and condemned to the wrath of God. You know, what a sad state of affairs to be spiritually dead, to not even know that you are in that state. And that's what that's what's so scary for a lot of people is they don't even know that they're spiritually dead. They just think that that's this is all there is to life. This is all there is to existence and that there's no God who loves them, no God who cares about them, no God who can set them free. They have no clue because they're spiritually dead. And so they go on living that way, tied up in the bondages and trappings of sin because they have no consciousness of it. They have no consciousness that they're doing something wrong. They think it's normal to live how they're living. And we've got to caution people. We've got to make people aware of sin and of the death that it brings, of the things that it robs the family of. Do you know how many people uh, I've talked to that say they grew up poor, not because their family wasn't making money, but because their their uh, their family partied and, and drank alcohol all the time, or their family uh, gambled, or their family wasted money in certain ways, you know, and, and these are all things that are uh, a curse on the family that it shouldn't have been that they had to grow up poor, but they did grow up poor because of sin. And sin will rob your family of not just money, but of time. Sin will rob you of time. Sin will rob you of quality time that you should be spending with your family, of quality time that you should be uh, telling other people about Jesus. Sin will rob you of those things. Sin will rob you of your peace. Sin will take away your peace. There are so many people that I've talked to that I know who um, they were in a state of sin. They were in this, uh, this death, this, this bondage, and they had absolutely no peace. Either uh, they were paranoid and worried all the time that something was going to happen, that they were going to be found out, whatever. They, they had no peace or they had no sleep because of worry, of, of fear, of trying to figure out how to survive, whatever. Of, of, there are people who, uh, whose peace is robbed because they have to find out where they can get their next fix. They have to find out uh, how they can go get more drugs, how they can go get whatever they need for their fix. There are people who are uh, who can't sleep at night because they have no idea how they're going to um, get money because they've spent all their money on uh, lascivious lifestyles and, and they've spent all their money on on substances and they've gambled their money or whatever the reason is. There are people 
they just don't have any peace. There's a paranoia that sets in there. There's worry. There's fear. There's this constant struggle. And they're dead in their sin because they don't see any way out. They don't see any answer. And we as the church have the answer because we were once dead in sin. That's one of the reasons that I love the writings of Paul is Paul saw both sides of the coin. Paul participated in all sorts of terrible, heinous, bad things. But then Paul also came to the knowledge of Jesus Christ, got saved, and was radically transformed. So Paul knew what it was like to be dead in sin. And then Paul also knew what it was like to be saved. And I look at all the writings of Paul. And I think he is showing us and telling us it is way better to walk with the Lord than to live in sin. It is way better to to have that relationship with the Lord than it is to go on in sin. And there's a state of hopelessness that comes when you are lost and dead in your sin. There's a state of, of just dread and hopelessness that there's absolutely nothing that's going to change, that this life is just that you live it and you die and that's all there is to it. There's such a state of hopelessness, but we have a blessed hope as Christians. We do. We have the hope that one of these days, either we're going to pass away and we're going to go be with the Lord or the rapture is going to take place and we're going to fly and meet the Lord in the air and we're going to be forever with him. You know, there are a lot of eschatological debates a lot of things that people don't know exactly how it's going to happen. They're not sure what's going to happen and when it's going to happen, but they do know that at the end of it all, this is the the basis of it all, is that we are going to be with the Lord forever. That one thing is sure, that we're never going to be separated from him, that we're always going to have his presence with us, that we're going to uh, be his people and live in his kingdom. And that's an amazing thought. That's an amazing hope to look forward to, that we're not just living this life to live this life. Because honestly, if this is all there is, it's a pretty sad state of affairs. If this is all there is, it's pretty sad that all you have to do is go to work and and live and die. And if you have a family, take care of your family, but there's nothing much more to it that you just have to enjoy things while you're here. What a sad state of affairs. But we have the hope that we are no longer dead in sin. Not only are we no longer dead in sin, but listen to this. He has raised us up and seated us together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You have been raised up and you have been seated together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Listen, you are not on the same level that you were when you before you ever got saved. You're not on the same level that you were uh, when you first got saved. You are growing. You are moving up. You are doing great things with your walk with the Lord and you are seated with Christ Jesus in heavenly places. You say, well, how can that be? How can your spirit is seated with Jesus in heavenly places? He has, he has raised you up and called you his own and he has given you certain privileges, certain rights, certain blessings in your life. And you are no longer just a part of this world. You're part of a heavenly kingdom that will never fail, that will never fall, and he has sat you with himself. He has sat you with himself in heavenly places. 
What does that mean? I don't think we could unpack all of it. I don't think that we could understand fully what that means. But I know this much, that it means that I'm no longer stuck here in this earthly realm forever. I'm no longer stuck here in this world forever. And these worldly problems that plague us and, and cause us problems Listen, they're going to pass away, but what will not pass away is our relationship with Jesus Christ. He has raised us up and he has seated us in heavenly places. So God took us from sin. He took us from being dead in sin. He reversed that. He reversed that curse on our lives. We are no longer dead in sin. We have been raised up. We have been made alive and we are seated with Jesus in heavenly places. So not only did he reverse the original problem, the sin problem, he reversed that. He raised us up and made us alive. And then the next thing he did was he he made us to be seated with Jesus in heavenly places. He brings the dead back to life. He turns the situation around and he gives you a better position than you could have ever been in before. He has poured out his mercy and his great love towards us. And through his death and resurrection, we are made alive. We're made alive today. You are made alive today. There is fresh life. There is new life available to you through Christ Jesus. And a lot of people, a lot of Christians... Uh, walk around with this sad attitude and with this uh, with this bad demeanor, this just terrible countenance that they're just so down in the dumps all the time. Listen, you are no longer the same creature that you were. The Bible tells us that he has made us new, that the old has passed away, that the old man is dead. The, the man who was dead in sin is dead and we have become new creatures. We have been made alive in Christ Jesus and now we're seated with him in heavenly places. We're seated with him in heavenly places. That's cause to rejoice. That's cause to celebrate, church. We have to believe in the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And when we do that, we are moved from death to life. So then going on to verse seven, so God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us as shown in all that he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. God saved you by his grace when you believed and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. I love that translation. You can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things that we have done. So none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So we can do the good things he has planned for us since long ago. God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us. Now think about that. God is going to use you as an example all through eternity. God is going to point to you and say, this is an example of my loving kindness. This is an example of my mercy. This is an example of how I take care of the people that accepted me and love me. God's going to point to you and he's going to say, this is is 
my grace and my loving kindness. What a thought that God is going to use you and as an example, he's going to use you as a way to point other people towards him while we're here on the earth. And in eternity, you are going to set as a reminder of God's goodness and his loving kindness and his grace. What a thought. What a thought that God is going to use you in the life here, yes, and in the life to come because you're saved, because you believe on him, and you're no longer dead in sin. And so one of the things that that stands out to me, and I know I've talked about it here for a couple of weeks, is that we've got to we got to abstain from sin. We've got to walk away from sin. We can't participate in it. We can't participate in sin. We can't be a part of it because we're no longer dead in sin. We're no longer partakers of sin because we have been made new. We've been given a new life in Jesus Christ. We've been seated with Jesus in heavenly places. So we're not the old man who was dead and blind in sin. Now we're, our eyes are opened to sin. We know what sin is. We know what sin does. And we've got to be careful that we don't go back into it. Because guess what, church? The very strongest of Christians can go into sin. The very strongest of Christians can get tempted. And we all get tempted. But it's whether you act on the sin or whether you say this is a thought, this is a temptation that is not from God, and I'm going to walk away from it. I'm going to cast it down, and I'm not going to participate in this sin any longer. You know, we should all have the consciousness. We should all have the ability to say, God, convict me. God, convict me of sin. God, let me know when I'm about to go too far. God, let me know when I'm about to participate in something. Show me the way out of the situation. Show me the way out so that I don't sin and so that I don't displease you. We should all have the consciousness. We should all pray that every single day. Jesus prayed it. Jesus prayed it. The Lord's Prayer, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Keep me from temptation, God. Keep me from walking somewhere that I'm going to end up tempted. Keep me from going places that I'm going to end up tempted. Keep me, and that's not just in your physical body. That's in your mind. That's in your heart. Keep me from looking at things. Keep me from doing things, God, where I'm going to be tempted. God, if, if it's going to pull at me and try to drag me away from you, keep me from it. Convict my heart of it before I ever go there. Before I ever go there in my mind, before I ever go there in my heart, before I ever show up in my physical body, God, if it's going to tempt me, I don't want it. I don't want to be tempted. Deliver me from evil. God has saved you if you believe on him. He has saved you and he has seated you with Christ Jesus in heavenly places. You're no longer dead in sin, so we no longer have uh, we no longer have free reign to just go and participate in sin because we're not dead in it anymore. We're aware of it and we're alive in Christ Jesus. We've been raised up. So it's time to walk away from sin. It's time to get it out of our lives, to begin to live as Christ would have us live and begin to be a witness to other people 
begin to be a witness to other people. We've got to let people know, listen, if we see somebody dead in sin, if we see somebody who's who's just absolutely living in sin, we've got to let them know that Jesus Christ is the answer because they're hopeless, I promise you. They're living a hopeless life. They're living a fearful life. They're living a life of not enough. They're living a life of just despair. And we've got to let them know that Jesus is the answer to all of their questions and all of their problems. Does everything get fixed overnight? Absolutely not. (laughs) Nothing gets fixed overnight. Sometimes it takes days, weeks, months, years, decades to get things completely straightened out. But I can tell you this, I've walked with Jesus and I would not want to do it without him. I've gone through this life with Jesus and there's no way in this current day and age with everything that's going on that I would want to be anywhere else but in relationship with Jesus Christ. There's no other, nothing else that's worth it. Nothing else that I would trade for this relationship with Jesus Christ. It's the only thing that's sustained me. It's the only thing that's gotten me through the tough times. It's the only thing that I've had the ability to fall back on and rest on. It's the only thing. So today, I want to offer everybody the opportunity to accept Jesus Christ. Maybe you don't know him. Maybe you've been away from him for a while and you haven't had a relationship with him. You haven't talked to him in a while. Listen, these times that we're living in, I'm telling you, if you don't have a relationship with God, I don't know how you're going to make it. But it all starts with accepting Jesus Christ as your Savior. And to do that, you can just pray a simple prayer, just like this one. Say, Father God, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I thank you that Jesus is your Son, that he died on the cross, and that he rose again. I ask you to cleanse me. In the blood that he shed on Calvary, wash me clean, forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to live for you. Thank you for making me your child today. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you prayed that prayer, I would love to hear from you. Send me a message. Get a hold of me on any of my social media. I'll be glad to talk to you, be glad to encourage you. And I know that God is going to do great things. Church, we are dead to our sin. We're no longer dead in sin. We're dead to our sin. So we don't participate in it any longer. We we let sin go. We stay away from it. And we realize that we have been made alive in Jesus Christ and we've been raised up and now we're seated with Jesus in heavenly places and we have a new life. God wants to use you as a witness. God wants to use you as an example. God wants you to tell other people that they don't have to live that hopeless life, but that they can be free too, and that they can have some hope to look forward to heaven with God forever and ever, that they can have hope that he can turn situations around, that they can have hope for their future, and that they are not without that hope. So tell somebody today, begin to tell somebody about Jesus and his saving grace, his saving mercies, and God will use you as an example to them of how they can be set free and they don't have to be dead in their sin any longer. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening today. Hope you have a great day. I will talk to you real soon. I love you. Have an awesome day. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Caleb Schaefer Podcast. 
If you would like to connect with Caleb, you can do so on Facebook at Caleb Schaefer Ministry, on Instagram at Caleb underscore Schaefer, or by visiting www.calebschaefer.com. If you have been encouraged, please share this podcast with your friends and loved ones. Once again, we appreciate you listening to today's episode and may God bless you as you continue to walk with Him.